0: The 200th episode of the PJ Archive is an interview I did with the extremely successful and popular English actor and singer Michael Crawford. In his early career, Michael appeared in films such as The War Lover with Steve McQueen, How I Won the War with John Lennon, and Hello Dolly with Barbara Streisand. In the 1970s, he memorably starred as Frank Spencer, in the british hit sitcom some mothers do have Them. and in the 1980s he made a huge impact in the title roles of the stage musicals barnum and the phantom of the opera it was during his final stint as the phantom in los angeles in early 1990 that this interview took place
1: yes i did a year in in london and a year in new york and um, and a year in in los angeles mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, I did, I did Barnum for four years, and that was physically certainly far more demanding than this. But, but uh, if you're having fun doing what you're doing, there's certainly no need to, mm. to move on. I mean, why, why change your job if you're very, very happy? So what and are the plans
0: really with happen... this one, then? I mean, how long are you going to stay in L.A. doing the Phantom?
1: Only till the end of April. Right. Only till the end of April. And after that, everything is really open to suggestion uh, you, you can't really get offers until people have an end date
2: mm.
1: of what you're doing at the mm. present time so therefore it's difficult to um, uh, come up with, a, w- with another job when nobody knows when you're going to mm. finish so if you get film offers they'll only come when they know you're available
0: because mm, so everyone's waiting to find out about the phantom film
1: We all are too. I mean, the actors really are the last people to know about when Mm -hmm. it's going to be done, so we just have to wait and see. I mean, it it certainly was. I left uh, Los Angeles when I did, partially because I was very, very tired and partially because the the movie was, was due to go on a specific date. Mm. And uh, it, that didn't materialise, so therefore it left them time available. So that's one of the reasons I came back here.
0: Mm. Are you definitely going to do the Phantom film?
1: Yes, well, I mean, <laughs> I'm not filming it yet, but, uh, but yeah. I have I mean, the, the deal has been made, yes. My mm. deal has been made to make the movie, so...
0: Do you know who your partner will be, who will be playing Christine?
1: No, I don't. No, I don't. I mean, again, that's... we really minnows when it comes to that mm. kind of thing
0: how do you think it will transfer to the silver screen
1: I've no idea it depends really on the, the imagination of the director whoever he will eventually be as with everything there are many ways of, of doing it approaching a, a, a project it can be done true to the theatre in many ways um, and otherwise it can be opened up mm. and there are, there are camps for and against both Sides there, as mm. usual, of any project. Mm. So uh, it just really remains to be seen how how the um, director and and Andrew collectively approach it.
0: Are you considered directing it yourself, or appointed? oh no no, no,
1: no, 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 I wouldn't even
0: Because cons- the Phantom's it. obviously something very close to your heart, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's
1: well, that, things are always are that I do. I mean, Barnum mm. was very close to my heart. I mean, I had an input on on on. on on everything, usually I have an input on things that I do, because you have spent a long time, so you have an understanding, so the that, that newer people that come onto the project, you all, I mean, meaning Hal and Maria Bjornson and Andrew, and they have a, have a more experience of what has and what hasn't worked, mm. um, and an insight into how an audience reacts to things, mm. and how they don't react sometimes. So. You're often invited to to uh, just put your your point of view or your opinion
0: mm. yeah. What is it about the Phantom which appeals to you so much or you enjoy so much
1: um, well again i go i'll go back i had a I had a wonderful time doing Barnum for four years, so it that is a communicator with the audience any any part. I like to communicate with an audience, and 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 the the Barnum that show brought an awful lot of people who wouldn't ordinarily go to the theatre into the theatre. Um, this, by nature of it being uh, light opera, has brought in a different kind of audience. Possibly, one would think a more in, intellectual kind of audience, but. That doesn't matter. I mean, you've got to fill theatres with every kind of audience. And um, to either take people who normally ordinarily go to opera will go to Barnum and people that go to only musicals like Barnum that light musicals will go to light opera mm. is a progression for the theatre. And it's a crossover all the time. Which um, uh, uh, Now, the, the communication part of it, I think, has only been... I'm only to able, I would think, to play this part the way I do and communicate to get the reaction that it appears to have got in, in the places that I've played it, um, as I choose to play him as a romantic, um, which is what Andrew and Hal and I originally discussed. That's the way they, they saw it. But I suppose I, I hope I took it a few stages on as much as I could and made him a true romantic of that period and and of, of now, because people now associate, I think, as as an entity, the audience as a whole, associate with that character somehow.
2: Mm.
1: We've all been left at some point. We've all loved and lost at some point. We've all been cruel to people at some time. Whether it be at school or we bully, we all grow up at some point and we stop that behaviour, hopefully. I mean, there are a few people maybe who don't, but they usually end up as Saddam Hussein or someone like that. So fortunately there are few in this world. Um, but bullies mostly grow out of it, and, and thoughtlessness and, and heartlessness. These things as we mature, mellow, and we learn that they don't gain us much and so through being 48 i'm i'm far more able to to sympathize and feel with this man than i would have been had i been 28 mm. say when you're still in the you know you're uh, where can i go next what can i do here and your the energy is 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 sort of you're like an untrained horse mm. you're everywhere like a red setter or something yeah.
0: is he like a friend of yours the phantom do you mean
1: most characters you play, I think, become part of you. I think mm. most actors could say that, even if they're villainous characters, they become a kind of part of you. Uh, uh, they don't come part of you outside the theatre. Mm. But I mean, things certainly will rub off mm. because we'll get we'll get an awful lot of people who will come to see the show who who have deformity, mm. literally have deformity, physical deformity, and. Just want to say thank you mm. to the, the production for for bringing that kind of attention where people can say yes, of course it doesn't matter what someone looks like it's what's what's inside them that, that mm. counts that's easy to say it's like giving at Christmas mm. everyone gives at Christmas but they don't realize that on January the 20th, people um, have really you know they're still hungry. Mm and they've got February, March, April, May, and they've got all those other times which aren't festive seasons where people have the season of goodwill and they put their hands in their pockets for other people. We have to be reminded by wonderful things like children in need, but it's a pity that we need those Mm. kind of programmes, but we always will, and I'm diversity.
0: as you said we've we've been doing this for a number of years and I mean it it really is a heck of a demanding part Mm -hmm. Um, you've been called obsessive about your work and and, obviously extremely professional and you're renowned for your professionalism do you think you go too far sometimes
1: no I don't think so I think I'm very lazy I mean if only people knew I I, I don't want to come in and do a Thursday matinee I really don't I'd rather stay in bed and get up at uh, half past ten and uh, instead of being sitting in that chair at half past ten, mm. uh, but I know how lucky I am to get a hundred letters a day. Mm. I'm very fortunate. That's what I've worked for. So in that way, I have a. I don't again have a duty to answer those letters. I feel I. I'm pleased about it. So at the moment, for the for for the years that I've had in my career up to now, I've always wanted to read those letters and respond to those letters. There may come a time when. Hopefully, I may get 200 letters a day. In which case, I won't be able to read them all, mm. and then it becomes less personal. That isn't obsessive; that's appreciative. I also don't have—I mean—a family to think of the entire time, every day. So, um, I mean, I speak to my family every day, like my daughters, but uh, I don't—I I don't have to think about oh, what's happening at school, or... I don't have those obligations. If I did, I would combine them, and I would be less inclined to spend the amount of time in the theatre that I spend.
0: Do you think perhaps you spend too much time with your... Because that's what people have suggested, that you are too married to your work and, and don't think enough no, about I, the other sides of your life.
1: No, I don't... I mean, if I go out with... A, with a girlfriend, I mean, I've I've got time. They 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 work during the day normally anyway. So therefore, when can I see them? It's it's a hard job anyway mm. to work Just because out. Because you're working at night time. Yes, right, yes. But yeah. people have relationships like that, and as I do. But I don't. My personal life doesn't suffer any because of my work. Mm. I mean, it makes it it, it it doesn't suffer in any way. I have a I have a decent personal life,
2: mm.
1: and I have a very decent professional life as well. I don't think I'm obsessive. But at all. I mean, I want things to be right. There are a lot of people who want things to be right, and that's why we have a very, very fine production here. You saw it, Absolutely. and it is yeah. it's spot on. Now you could have come and said, "Well, I saw it. Was it you who saw it the second night in London?" Yeah. Right. You could have come and said, "Yeah, it's still good." And I have thought, "What? <laughs> uh, you mean it's not as good?" Well, it has to be better. It's got that to is. be better. I've got to be singing better. Dale, I know, is singing better than when we started here. She's wonderful. The guy is wonderful. Um, The company are terrific. So you're sure you're going to get people who don't think. You don't kick them. You set, by example, we've got the three leading characters in this show who all work very, very hard. And I think people find themselves a little guilty if they don't come along on that journey. And you hear that response at the end... They know they've got a responsibility to get that. And you have to work to get them to stand up every night at the end.
0: I have I read a report that you had an operation on your chest or something to expand it so you could sing better. I mean, no. is this complete cobblers? No. Yes, complete cobblers, <laughs> yes. yes. Apart no, from no, no. singing lessons. So no, no, my
1: chest is expanded. My diaphragm is expanded right. because of my singing so much. Right. So the, the lung capacity is expanded because I hold notes for a, quite a, a long time period of time of yeah. and uh, to do that you have to practice a lot and you have to well your lungs will ex- mm. will expand and your chest will grow larger but I've had no operations, no.
0: I'm glad to hear that. No. So a couple of years ago though, you, you did have an illness, in your hi- hi- hiatus hernia.
1: I, I, I had a hiatal hernia or hi- hiatus hernia as right. we call it, a hiatal hernia in America right. and that I hopefully now, touch wood has been righted by... Um, kinesiology, which is a form of chiropractic uh, uh, Oh, gosh, I get the wrong expressions. But it, it was, I went to a chiropractor and kinesiology was applied. Mm-hmm. And that worked. Mm-hmm. And pl- please don't write to me and ask me all about it. Because if you go to a chiropractor, I think they can help. Plus diet. I mean, you, ha- you have to alter your diet. Mm-hmm. That's caused by, they say, a stress as well, which I give myself when I sing I mean Mm -hmm. to to sing with that intensity Uh, again you don't have to play this part like that Mm -hmm. I I mean I quite agree with that but if I want to walk a wire I want to walk it so that I don't fall off it Mm -hmm. so that's all I'm saying there there are many ways of playing the phantom they can be quite casual or they can be quite intense and And everyone plays it it, 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 uh, they have their own choice
0: well, obviously, you know, reports of your, your illness or whatever it was were blown right out of proportion at various stages. What exactly? How bad was it? And, and
1: it was pretty bad at that time because I, as most people, stupidly do, they fail to recognise there's something wrong with them, and I got these terrible pains in my chest where the esophagus joins the upper stomach here, and it and it, it there's a valve there and there's the acid that starts to grab hold of the food as soon as it arrives, it starts to leak through and comes up here. So it burns. You hear. So when you sing and you're on your hands and knees, you're in fact uh, standing on your head. And, And that is not a comfortable feeling. Well, I couldn't change it. I still had to crawl on my stomach and sing. And all the time you're singing, you sing by support. When you sing a note, you support that note. You don't go ah, you go, ah, there. You support it from below. Well, all that is work in your stomach and your diaphragm and the muscles around your side here. That's what makes them larger, but it puts an awful lot of strain on everything around. And most singers, an awful lot of singers, have hiatal hernias. Because
0: mm. I mean, your part is associated with a lot of stress. I mean, we hear that Martin Smith, one of your successors in the West End, had to almost quit the part because he was so stressed and, and, and worn out by it. I mean, are you very disciplined on... on Sorting out the stress and coping with it. Yes,
1: it's like, I mean, I used to run a great deal. So I'd run 120, 30 miles a week. Uh, if you have an injury, you don't run on it or you run very carefully. or you, 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 have to, you can never go headlong into something. You have to do it with a kind of regime, some strict regime, some plan mm-hmm. of action as to how you'll approach it you don't go to parties every night after the show because you know that your voice will be no good the next day mm. so that's, it's not a hardship unless you're a fanatical party goer, then it'll be a hardship but you, your, your love has got to lie somewhere mm. th- to think well I've, do I want to be on tomorrow at two o'clock and eight o'clock and do the two shows or don't I so there are varying degrees of application again
0: You say you used to run a lot do you, what do you do now in the way of keeping fit and-
1: Um, I do a warm-up for an hour here every day. Um, What does that
0: involve?
1: Oh, I mean, stretching mainly. Mm -hmm. Stretching and um, sit-ups and stuff like that. But nothing as strict as when we did Barnum, when we'd have a two-hour warm-up and then the three-hour show. So, I mean, you were doing five hours physical exercise a day. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I really, I'm tired of that. I don't want to do that anymore. I've I've sort of done it and as long as you you keep to a fairly strict diet then you don't put on weight and uh, miss it all.
0: Are you very very disciplined outside of the theatre I mean, keeping Well, I mean I hate
1: doing exercise mm. so I hated doing the exercise for Barnum but we had fun doing it and the result the end result was where you wanted to go. So again there's not an obsess an, a, an obsession about it there was it was just a desire to 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 stay alive. Mm. I mean you had to be fit to stay alive otherwise you'd fall off the wire. Mm. Or you would, doing a back somersault, you just wouldn't be fit enough to get over and you'd land on your head. Mm. So, really, it's just survival. You mentioned
0: way. earlier about, you know, whether wanting to actually do the show two times a day or one day, time a day, whatever mm. it is. I mean, if you're having a rough time or whatever, or if you're not feeling very well or whatever, is it very difficult to go on stage and, uh, and be this character? Or is it a case of as soon as the music oh, strikes up,
1: No, it is for everyone. I mean, we, we've had cases, we've got three, three ladies in the company went on with the, with the flu, and, and as we all do, and it went into pneumonia. So we've had three people in the last four yeah. weeks with pneumonia in the company.
0: Sounds like the phantom curse striking again. Yeah, but
1: no, but that's, it's everywhere. I mean, yeah. it's everywhere. But you've got to get on that stage yeah. and overcome it if you, if you want to. But some people will have the will and desire to do that, and others won't. Mm-hmm. That's human nature. So you don't, you know, you can't demand that someone is, is dedicated and they go out with a cold or mm-hmm. sometimes it's better they don't go out with a cold because if they're close to you they're going to give it to you and they're going to give it to everyone else
0: mm-hmm. well, When you're not actually in the theatre or working, what, what do you what do you tend to do around Los Angeles?
1: Um, I go cycling down at uh, the beach or roller skating, things like that, because no one knows me really here so you can sort of get away with just wandering around and it's great I love going around the The shopping malls, and
0: you say no one knows that because you're always wearing a mask on stage. Yes, really, and I
1: don't do much television, so I haven't done any of the chat shows, Um, and so therefore they don't really know what you look like.
0: Do you wish they did?
1: No, no. It's 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 absolutely terrific to be to have professional success Mm. and anonymity. Mm. I mean, it's a perfect world, really. That I can I can just go. Anywhere, and and nobody really knows who you are.
0: Mm. Is that why you're in Los Angeles and not in London?
1: Oh no, 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 no. No. Because in
0: London you're still known as Frank Spencer as well, aren't you? I mean, everyone.
1: Um, yes, I suppose so. As they're running them at the moment, and they've Mm. uh, eight in the ratings and the and in the autumn ratings. They, they, I mean, they had something like they came eighth in the whole of the Mm. entire autumn ratings. Mm. Somebody sent me the other day. Which is very, very flattering because that's a whole new generation of watching them.
0: Um, well, Frank, like the Phantom, is one of the world's victims, isn't he? I mean, what is it about you that wants to play?
1: Well, uh, I don't know about that. I mean, it's a it, it, the the power that one has to have to play the Phantom is is pretty extensive. Yeah. It's not. I mean, the, the character may be. I don't think there's anything one of. He's not one of life's life's losers for the first half of the show. I mean, he's a very powerful man, yeah. which I mean, it, when it gets to a point where it's, where women over here are going to pay twenty-two and a half thousand dollars to go on a date with you for for a, at an auction, mm-hmm. I mean, they're not they're not doing that to to go out with the, with you no know, sort of Jerry Lewis's grandson image. I mean, it's it's not that. So um, I don't I don't really think there's much comparison. From the Phantom, I mean, they're both very sensitive people. Um, but you see, when you play comic characters, Frank Spencer is very gullible and 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 uh, is as he was known as accident prone. But uh, it's such hard work to play a character like that. Again, any actor will tell you that the comedic parts are so much harder to play. He was much harder to play than the Phantom, because. You're relying on getting laughs out of people. Oh, I mean, it, it, that is hard work, mm. very hard work.
0: do you feel sorry for him when you watch him? Uh,
1: yes, he, yes. yes, he'll aggravate me sometimes, as he does other people. Um, and uh, But I do feel sorry. I sit there going, oh, darn, and, and I do feel sorry for him.
0: And his little tank top.
1: Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> Um, do people still recognise you? Do you get spotted? Even in Los Angeles, do you get someone coming up and
1: saying... Oh, no, 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 no. The, 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 um, I think that... And I've done quite a lot in between now, so I think no. they have that respect that you've done Barnum and most people who saw Frank Spencer, even in the provinces, have mm. come to see you on stage. Yeah. So, I mean, four years, that's a lot of audience. Mm. You know, that's a lot. It's talk, you're talking three million people going into the theatre. And... Um, Billy as well way back at Drury Lane that was after the, the the Frank Spencer series so that got that we had two million people go to see that
0: mm. it's just about to be relaunched as well isn't it on the west end
1: I don't know whether they're doing it or not now not oh, sure okay. whether they are anyway um, what
0: about you working in England again it's a long time since we've seen you now
1: isn't it yes it is I mean what is exciting about being over here is that it is sort of the hub of of our industry, mm. so therefore, for them to get to know you, it is the place to be. Um, but there again, who knows whether movies are for me or not for me? Mm. I don't know. I want, I like playing characters.
0: You mm. li- used to do a lot of movies, didn't
1: you? Yes, when I was when I was sort of twenty, mm. twenty-two, twenty-four, but. I was never as comfortable in movies as I as I am on the stage. I, I love the stage. I love working with an audience. And I find that much harder to do with a camera. I find it much harder to do. With television, you're working with an audience. Mm-hmm. So I may even think about doing television here. But uh, television in England is... They still see... I, I think they still see... The light entertainment groups of each of the companies still see the success of Frank Spencer, so they still—that's what they're interested in. Mm. And I—I'm—I I'm, won't have anything to do with that. I don't mm. want to. You can't go back and play that character at my age. It's—it's it's totally wrong.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, are you feeling your age at that? Are you approaching fifty in a couple of years? Is no,
1: I'm not at all. I don't—I don't really recognise age with people. I do if they sit down too long or they look. Uh, they begin to go; they stoop their shoulders or something. But as long as you're moving and you're agile, I don't think age should catch you. I think <laughs> it's sort of like trying to miss the proverbial egg coming from the or bad apple coming from the from the gallery. Um, from,
0: what, from what you were saying a minute ago, it sounds like you're sort of almost seeing your future in Los Angeles, and you could consider doing. No, no, TV. I
1: don't. But it, what it does do is open opportunities for a larger spectrum of mm. work. That, that that it, one can go and work on Broadway. And because we don't have as many musicals coming out of London mm-hmm. at the moment, we don't, we don't, not that we ha- they have a, a great deal coming out of America, but the movie industry doesn't exist as it does out here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the television industry doesn't exist as it does out here with the amount of money they have available. But our television is... Uh, what, the, what I'm after is trying to get a combination if I do a television special and what we've got is we, we have offers to do half finance here and half in England and uh, I mean we've had a, a, a vast amount of money offered us from English an English company which uh, is, is not usual and that can be matched by American companies which we have, then you just want to make sure that you're going to make the right kind of program
0: have you bought yourself a house over here? No. Well settled? No. You're not intending to?
1: No. if I would if I did a series, yes, because it's silly paying rent all the time. I mean, I've spent a year here and just paid rent. Mm-hmm. But, um, no, not in Los Angeles. I mean, I've got a, I've got a holiday place I go to in Florida. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that, that's nice. But I haven't got a place in Los Angeles, no.
0: But you've still got a couple of places in England, haven't
1: you? Yes, yes, I've got my cottage in England mm-hmm. and, uh,
0: Every time you're referred to in the papers, always say millionaire Michael Crawford. Is this a true story? No,
1: I, no. I, I mean, whoever writes that, I would like them very much to represent me. <laughs> I'm always trying to find out who had actually who said it, because if they did, I mean, then I do want them to represent me. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you live quite a flash lifestyle, though? No, I don't think fast so. Cars no,
1: I mean, I don't. No.
0: Do you wish you did? I mean, do you wish no, you a house I Beverly could do. Hills and-
1: no, if yeah. I wanted to do that, I suppose I could, I could go after achieving it. Mm. And if you want that kind of life, you certainly don't work your life in the theatre. Mm. I heard Anthony Hopkins interviewed on television this morning, and he was saying, I'm really quite enjoying it. He said, but you've always been in the theatre. He said, no, I know, but I'm really rather enjoying this. And it's, it's, it's this sort of flash thing that's mm. happening to him. Of course he's enjoying it. It's wondrous that it, you know, a really sort of they get the opinion that English actors are sort of, yes, very doer kind of things, and suddenly they're in the biggest film success of the season, and it's great. I mean, he's most probably now has the potential of earning a lot of money and um, can go and get himself a, 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 a Rambo-style uh, <laughs> life. But when you when you hear about, for instance, Rambo-style money and the, the kind of money that those people get, you know you, you 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 of course you think it's 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 immoral when you're working on the stage for what we have to work for mm. because that's the way th- the theater is you have paying people come in and you have to pay for this vast building this enormous crew the enormous orchestra the mm. enormous company the big bills of the sets and everything and um i still think uh, i I'm, I'm sure cameron uh, as we know is not a, a poor man and mm. nor is andrew but but somehow along the line, um, we don't get as as uh, as well-paid as artists as, as, uh, w- as we might.
0: Cause one interview I read with you said that you went home alone every night to do your own cooking and your own cleaning, that sort of thing. Oh, Is that still
1: the case? Of course I go home alone some nights, and other nights I'll go back with friends and we'll cook. I mean, I don't have a maid that cooks. So yes, I do cook. I do enjoy cooking. Um, I don't enjoy cooking all the time, though. And um, I mean, I think I'm just I'm going to heat some stew there that that in the microwave. So uh, that's sort of glamorous living. But uh, then tonight you may go out and have a meal at Spargo's or something, and and then 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 it's a, a, an enjoyable evening. But you wouldn't want to do that every night. It's again like like having I don't know having champagne every night. You don't appreciate it. However, silly that remark may sound, I'm sure if. People want to understand it; they can. That you do not in appreciate it. It's like, oh, it's a special night tonight. Let's have a bottle of champagne. It's that I live that kind of life. That it, it's a special occasion when you'll have something like that.
0: Do you think you might settle back in Britain and due course then? Or?
1: Oh yes. Now I haven't left it. I mean, I'm. I've got my my home is in England. Uh, but work for the time being has been over here. So uh, unless I, I mean. It, if I sing and do a concert tour, I may do that here. But then I would also then go and do it in England. Mm.
0: Um, what do you miss about England? Because often it's the funniest little things, isn't
1: it? Oh, it's very hard to say until you actually fly over. And When I came back last time, I flew in over Manchester and saw all these shiny black slate roofs. And I thought, oh, this is paradise. Mm-hmm. It was just like that. You know, that line another day in paradise or from Phil Collins, but not with the same you know, that's kind of sad. but um it was good to see the the fog and it was good to see the mist and the and the rain and the shiny streets and uh,
0: what don't you miss about England
1: in the same breath the weather <laughs> as as saying it's good to see it, I mean, how excited they've all been here in the last week about the rain, and you sort of laugh at them, but of course there's a drought, it's a very serious situation here but when you hear, say, God, did you hear the rain last night? You say, yeah, yeah. But I mean, in England, all you hear is rain. You hear a lot of rain. But I hate people being away and putting down England anyway. I don't like to hear it. That, the only thing I put down is the weather. That's the, I don't put down anything else. It's, it's, uh, it's my home. You know, you're loyal to your home, and you, I love my home. Mm. Uh, but it's great to go and visit rich uncles sometimes. <laughs> 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 and that's what really coming to L.A. is a bit like. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, very vulgar things go on here, which are great to go and visit, mm. It's like going to Las Vegas for a weekend. But to spend a week there, or a, or to live there, would be, I don't think, my ideal way of living.
0: Mm. You do a lot of work for charity, and you have UNICEF and
1: Sick Children's Trust.
0: Yeah, right? they obviously mean a great deal to you, don't they?
1: Only because. I sat down I thought last night, I mean, just another thought. I thought, everybody's celebrating, most probably in England as well, about all our troops coming home and we're all saying how wonderful it is. No one that I've seen here on the news, and I may have missed something, but no one has gone back and referred to all the innocent children that have been killed in Iraq and all those, all the, the way that they're there suffering with no water, no gas, no, all because of one man's power, and one man over here, and wars are always that. That there are two men, that face off, and use the people that want to volunteer for war anyway are regulars, you know the regulars in the American. All those people there, n- knew what, it meant. I mean, I I, I think it's quite. On another thing about that, the the, uh, the part timers, the reserves, who have always earned money being reserves and playing on mm-hmm. uh, 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 around at war, and then suddenly they're called up, and so many of them said, "No, I don't want to go." <laughs> I thought that was that sort of showed a lot of a lot of people up. But
0: um, why children, though? Or did you have a particularly
1: well because difficult they had no say. They have no say whatsoever in anything. Mm-hmm. They're totally, totally innocent, and. I just think the more help that you give and guidance to children and the more good you do for children slowly the age may grow where life may become better. If you if you treat children and teach them as in many places about war and throwing stones and creating enemies for them what are they going to grow up with? They They grow up with that. I grew up all the games I played from the age of whenever I can remember playing games to to the age of nine were all war games. Because in 1945 the war ended. I was born in 1942, so I was three when war ended. So for the next five years, still people were all going around in uniform or just beginning to get out of uniform. So everything, planes were always flying overhead. There were always naval people. There were always army people. There were always... Air Force people everywhere. So And the, all the books that came out were all about escape from cold So what did we play? We'd play escape from cold hits, g- crawling along you know, the glass that would be on top of walls. I mean, we'd go across those and pretend that we were escaping and doing terribly dangerous things and stupid things, as, as youngsters do. Did you have
0: a happy childhood then?
1: Yes, very, very. I had a, I had a terrific childhood. I, I was an only child, but I had a great childhood. I, I had a great pal we were like brothers. He was he was an only child as well and just lived up the road from me. So I had a sort of bosom buddy that was we were like brothers and we still know I still know him. And Do
0: you think there's still quite a child inside you? Oh yes. You want to play oh
1: yes, characters? yes. I mean I think an actor has to have a mm. child inside him. That that you know, as you say it, I begin
0: to say, Yes,
1: you know, <laughs> you know. If we're gonna have some fun, let's go out and <laughs> you know, I'll I'm all for it. The, the, especially if nobody knows who you are.
0: Do you think you're a bit of a Peter Pan character and don't really want to grow up?
1: Oh no, no, I don't think that. No, I'm 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 quite I think uh one one has too many responsibilities for that. And you've got responsibilities towards a company and setting examples about things, but so I don't think I'm Peter Pan, no. I just have uh, I can associate with children. I associate their wonderment at things, and because uh, I still get excited about it. someone comes around and says, "It was just great." You know, you think, "Yeah, really? Ah, oh, that's wonderful. That'll make me glow." And uh, so that, in a way, is childlike. I mean, wanting approval and criticism hurting. I mean, but we're most of us like that, really if we want to open up about it. But as we grow older, we don't open up about it. We tend to close in and say, Oh, God damn it, nothing matters. You know, and uh, the American way, you get this sort of hardened image or ah, bugger it. That nothing matters. It does matter. And uh, it doesn't matter that we'll cry, that men will want to cry. And that, I think, happens much more now now at this time of of life in nineteen ninety one nineteen ninety than it ever did in say seventy eighty where where people were you no know, come on keep a stiff up a little boy uh you know, bugger that, keeping a stiff up you're,
0: upper you're lip. a very emotional person is is' it? quite clear what sort of things as far as the children are concerned particularly that you've worked with
1: oh only just i mean r- simply that I was lucky that was all. And I was very happy, and I was lucky, and I hate to... I, I don't like to see...
0: But you must have seen many touching moments in, in, in the dealings with the children and the charities. Yes. How um, many good things in particular stand out that's touched you?
1: We had, we had a little girl in uh, when we were in Barnum in Manchester, and i we'd go and visit the hospitals anyway, and uh, you always go and visit children's hospitals, and if you've got anything that you can entertain with well Barnum was perfect because we had clowns and the management always allowed us Harold Fielding always allowed us to use the costumes the props to go along which is unusual but he he always allowed us to do that and so we'd go and entertain the the kids and there was this little girl in there who was 10 who'd pirated all my series Um, usually very aggressive with children this was at the Manchester Children's Hospital and I'd say you're watching some mother she said yes you know, this tiny little voice and I said but you do know it's illegal to record these shows don't you and she this look of guilt she was looking away so daddy am I going to get into trouble so you make it <laughs> I gave her a bad time about this thing I mean I'm, I'll have to report it but I said I don't think they'll be. Ve- they'll come down on you very heavily I said but of course this is a serious matter and I said now can I have your name please and this kid's like they go Vanessa now, I said, you think I'm joking, don't you? She said, yes, I said, well, I said, I, I can't guarantee you that I am, because I have to be serious about this. And all the time, I mean, the nurses are laughing, and they know we're having, we, we, we go on with this game. This girl has had her leg amputated. She has cancer throughout her entire body. She hasn't got a hair left on her head. She's so pretty. Her parents are there night and day at her bedside and had been for, for months on end, and this was as many, many uh, people in our business, they all have their heroes, sports or whatever, and she happened to like Frank Spencer, and so her teacher wrote to me and said would I make a thing of that, and she doesn't think she has long to live. So what we did, we, we, Manchester Children's Hospital is the most amazing place they are so unlike uh, uh, red tape doesn't seem to exist at times i've always found there and so we went to the theater and we had two rows of seats taken out over in the corner of the dress circle and we arranged with the hospital that they would bring her in her bed to see barnum and we got her there, and the ambulance, that got her up there with these drips and things. And, and the whole show, we, as d- on the stage here, we angled the whole thing that way, so that we played the show to Vanessa. And uh, I'd go and see her every day, and um, she tried to sell me some Christmas cards, because it was near Christmas. And she, she said, these are the cards that one of the, the, one of the children with, in the bone marrow transplant unit had drawn, each year a different child drew a card, a a Christmas decor thing, and 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 that child was unnamed, and they'd sell this as a Christmas card to raise money for the bone marrow unit. So we bought cards and sold cards for them and did it on the radio, we did non-stop, and I'd go and see her, and then um, one day I went in, and um, she was going. I mean, I held her hand, and she was holding my hand very tightly. And she'd seen she had balloons all over her bed, flying balloons from Barnum and the company that had given her, made her things. She was surrounded with love. And if, I don't know, if, if, if there are lights from God that are lit around or whoever you believe in, I'm sure this hospital burns as bright as any place on this universe. And this bed in particular... With with the caring that was and and the nurses they get so involved as well you can't help but get involved they say oh it's you know just a you know, it isn't a job to them because you know, I was sitting there and I was she was saying she could keep, she kept seeing things and people and she said to me why are you crying and I said I'm not crying down. I've got a terrible cold I shouldn't really be in here today because I've got the show to do tonight and I I didn't I I couldn't my I, I never, ever cry when I'm those days. Uh, you never cry. And the tears were just surrounding her. And I couldn't leave go of her. And, um, I mean, she had no control of her, herself in any way. And I, it, you suddenly saw it firsthand. Like, nobody knows what war's like. It's not on CNN you drop bombs from a great height, you just be down there and see the child with no arm, and see the child with no leg and its guts hanging out, and then see if you like war, or see if you cannot find an answer other than what has had to be done um, on so many occasions. And uh, then I left because they had to change her and do uh, it. And um, that night they called me... And, um, told me that she'd gone, she died an hour later. And, um, I went in, and the hardest part was I had to tell the company. I just had to tell the company at the end of the warm-up. And they're all so like this, and I said, I've got to tell you this before we start tonight, because we're going to go out there and do it for her tonight. And I said, and nobody, just, uh, nobody said a word. Everyone just, uh... Yeah, everybody went off, and I don't think any one of those kids will ever forget that child. And we sold... We sold so many cards, and we raised so much money, and we got the bone marrow unit, and um, I think they're naming it after me. They're naming it my my unit, because we raised that. But it's not mine, you see? So that's one little... One little girl... She stays with you forever. This dear little Vanessa. So she didn't die in vain. So none of them should die in vain. We have to do something for every child. Because they, where does it come from? It's not their parents' fault. It's not our fault. But we've got to find, but what else it does, it makes us care about somebody else. And maybe that's what they do up there. Maybe that's what they do. To make us care for other people... To make us think about other people... To make us think of our fellow man... And she did that... She had the power... That... Controls an enormous part of my life... This little girl... And will always... And there are, have been a lot of... Vanessas... And Marks... And Mark was another boy... Who, the same kind of thing... Mark... And... You go back in there... And I... As soon as I went back to London at Christmas... The first thing I did was... I went up to Manchester... And went round the, the hospital and some of these kids don't know who the heck I am. But now, fortunately, you know, they're showing some mothers again. So they do all know who I am again. So that's a richness for me. Mm. Then uh, you go to Bart's and, and Great Ormond Street. But they get a lot of people going in there. But there can never be too many.
0: Mm.
1: See? It seems a
0: bit insensitive after that to ask you about future and the future for you. But what is the, the hopes for you for your future and...
1: I'm joining the army next. <laughs> um, by what I've said, I mean I don't want to sound that uh, I don't think what we did was right and all that kind of stuff either. I mean, it, it, it's it's just all I say is it's horrendous, and it's um and th- what has to go on. But uh, uh, yeah, um, what's next? Uh, I don't uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm now going through the different. Ideas that are being suggested, and there are, there are movies, there are concert thoughts, there are television thoughts, there are two things in England. Um, there are there are several things going on around. So you just have to see what looks best within, I guess, about three or four weeks.
0: Will you be hanging up the mask for good?
1: I don't know. They said that when I when I finished the first series, the first. Uh, nine shows or something that we did of some mothers, and I said, yes, I don't think I'll be doing it again, and then I did seven more, mm. So, but so I still only did 18, so, I yes, mm. again, you learn to...
0: Mm.
1: Again, all growing up, mm. you never learn to say never.
0: What about personal hopes for the future? How would you like to be in, say, ten years' time?
1: I don't know. Still as as lively as I am now, I hope, mm. with uh, with good health. I mean, I don't... I don't hope that I'll be you know, wish that I'll be married or that kind of thing. I don't, I don't have, you know, I'm desperate to do something.
2: Mm.
1: I have valuable friendships now and they're more important than they were 20 years ago. Mm. So.
0: Do you have a big dream in life?
1: No, I don't. No, I don't. I never have had. That I've never had. I've, I've always had ambition to be good at what I was doing at the time. And when I worked at Joe Lyon's, as a, a waiter, I wanted to be really good at it, because then i 'd enjoy my work every day, and i 've done a few jobs where i haven 't enjoyed going into work, and it wouldn 't have mattered if i'd been these were when I was acting i wouldn't i wasn 't happy doing that particular job, and what was a month became a year so now I choose very carefully what i do that the people I work with hopefully it's going to be a good marriage and uh, a good working relationships. So, I, I mean, I'm sure you'll understand it. If, you, if you're in an office with someone, mm. it's great to go in and say, oh, we've got a great bunch at the office, and you smile when you say it, mm. and not, oh, was a oh, bastard there. Me well, no, I just, I just ignore him. Mm. <laughs> it, that's always a drag, and I'm sure he must find it a drag as well, but he'd never actually care to stand and say, look, I wonder why we both find each other bastards.
0: Mm. <laughs> I read that you are writing your autobiography. True? Yes. Is it yes, is? I'm doing
1: right. that. Yes.
0: Right. And then when will that come out?
1: And um, I would think by the end of this year. It's uh, it's quite hard work. You're sort of because I keep getting dates wrong and then I go back on something else. But there, it's 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 great going back through stories and thinking of mm-hmm. remembering things that have happened. I mean, I'm really enjoying that.
0: Mm-hmm. Will it reveal much about you that we don't know already?
1: Um, it may do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm. It's not. A book that I I care to speak ill of people. If if I found things that have been um, unpleasant to me, then so be it. They've they've passed now, and I'd, I I certainly wouldn't want to slag people off in it. Right? That that's not what the book is going to be about. Mm-hmm. So it's it's um. I mean I'm not going to do an ice cream job. It's a sort of or whatever it's called. Um, that it's just a a goody-goody story thing, but it, it isn't. I mean, I'll, uh, there, there are things about my my life that um, I'll have never discussed before, because I've never...
0: Because I, I did read that up. somebody else was also writing about which wasn't so nice, and that you wanted to write yours to put the record straight on. I mean, is that the case?
1: No, I've, I've not... I mean, people are... I guess that's going to happen if anybody's in the public eye. Somebody's going to try and do mm. something like that to come off you, but... No, I I decided to do this about two years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, it just takes a long time to mm-hmm. get You've to got a title to it. for it, yeah? No.
0: What do you think it might be? No
1: idea. Of? I have no idea.
0: What would be an appropriate title for your life, though, so far?
1: Um, unended. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm glad to hear that. <laughs>